you find yourself in the passenger seat of a 1989 Ford Escort. A small calendar clipped to the visor indicates that the current year is 1998. Looking ahead of you, you see a Mr. Movies franchise location, its green awning contrasting an overcast sky. You exit the car and enter the store. Compelled by an unknown force to the horror movie aisle, you pass countless titles on VHS, one of the later Chucky movies. That cool one where a demon hand is coming up out of the ice, a Hellraiser that probably sucks, and Jason goes to hell with a snake going through the hockey mask. A single title entrances you, and you immediately pick up both the display box and translucent case containing the actual tape. You look down at the box in your trembling left hand. A stark black and white cover shows two young men emerging from a manhole cover, a city of VHS tapes gleaming behind them. The white painted letters of the title read only, Chudcast. Yeah, I, I guess we just start recording. Uh, is that how you do one of these? This is, is this how you do the? Is this how you do a podcast? Is, is I, I have we... not recorded a semi-successful podcast before for my more popular Twitter account at all. You know, like there's, like I guess this is how the McElroy brothers do it. I'm just gonna assume they know how to do everything because they have like 40 call different call some pod- things a boy. Just it, it'll all come naturally, you know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is the Chudcast. I am your illustrious host, Orain. With me tonight, I have Gearmarine. The other host of the Chudcast, the one that knows everything about horror movies, and maybe way too much. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, that, and that just happens to be what the podcast is about. Uh, this is a horror movie podcast. It was born of us playing video games together. I think the one that really cemented it for me was probably The Division. We talked about a lot of horror movies during that. and. Yes. It was mostly stuff I hadn't seen because I don't really watch horror movies, and we've we've since watched more of them over over the years since then. But we had the idea of starting a podcast, and that's what you're you're hearing right now. Yes, uh, Gear Marine basically eats, sleeps, and breathes horror movies. He has a massive collection. He knows every subgenre and everything, and I don't. So naturally, it's a it's a good pairing to talk about them. Just throw someone completely in the deep end of the pool. I pay for Shutter, so if you if anyone wants to know how serious I am, I actually pay for a streaming service that offers that because I love Joe Bob Briggs and I will watch him live stream stuff during Christmas. But I hear there's some pretty good the, stuff on Shutter. Like it's actually a, a good offering and everything. Uh, it is. It, they have Mandy on there. This is not sponsored by Shutter. Oh boy. Oh, we wish we were sponsored by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> if any, if, if if Shutter, if you're listening to this right now, please put our sponsorship in or Verve. There, you also get Shutter with Verve. So, does anyone uh, want to okay. Shutter on a Casper mattress tonight? <laughs> as you are lulled to sleep by the nightmares of what we just watched. What did we watch, Gamerine? We watched Return Living Dead, which is a classic 1980s horror zombie comedy film from Dan O'Bannon. And I, so I don't know. Most of the zombie stuff, like I know the names of the series and I know bits and pieces. So this is one where like everyone knows about it through pop culture because of what it popularized, but not relatively, not that many people have seen it compared to how many people know brains, you know, like this is, this is kind of the patient zero for zombies being focused on eating brains, right? This is not just kind of patient. This is patient zero. This is Dan O'Man was like, well, let's do something different with the zombies. Let's have them, you know, crave human brains. And the rest, as they say, is history, right? Like this, that yeah. became incredibly popular. It just, 
even though the movie was only kind of a middling success at the box office, it had an impact that far outstripped its direct sales and everything, right? Yeah, not only that, it actually, like, a week, I think a couple months before, maybe it was even a week before, another zombie movie came out, like, around the same time. And that zombie movie was <clears throat> George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. And guess never what heard did of better? Him. Nope, no idea. Never, never, no one knows who <laughs> that guy is. Who no is it? Knows. George Romero. I, I don't know the no idea of that. No. Nobody no. knows who that nobody knows that guy. Anyway, um this movie, I guess I I can briefly I'm actually I'm shitty with names, so I'm just gonna call everyone by like what their role was in the plot, but I can briefly try to summarize this. Um like we were talking earlier, you described this as a movie where things just go off the rails really, really badly. Uh so Freddy, Freddy is kind of our main character, sort of. He gets a job at a medical supply warehouse uh, stored in the basement that his boss is just like, hey, you want to see some cool shit? Kind of like, just, it's just like someone saying, hey, I, I know there's a there's a dead raccoon out back. You want to go poke it with a stick? Like it has that kind of tone to it when they go down to the basement. But they, I'm going to stop here for a second. Oh, no, no. Okay. Because this movie is based on a true story. A movie would not lie to me. It even says at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the very start of this, it says 100% of the characters and events and corporations are real. <laughs> I love that way to start it. But anyway, so they go down to the basement and it turns out the what's stored down there are the remnants of a zombie outbreak from another zombie movie referenced within the film. Uh, the, the zombies are released from their holding and things just spiral wildly out of control as a group of punks who had planned to party there also show up and the night just careens off the rails into the graveyard and there's some good ass music throughout like that's one of the standout parts of it is awesome kind of punk and death rock you, you, wikipedia pointed it out as death rock but punk and death rock soundtrack mm. and uh it has a surprisingly deft balance of comedy and horror throughout uh i think it's writing that line perfectly like there's some scenes that are only kind of fun and funny because of the soundtrack you could give them a much cheesier background track and it would be like okay this is just kind of a hooky horror movie but it's smart enough to kind of pull back and no one to have fun with it. But anyway, uh, things go really terribly. The punks, the punks don't fare well. The employees of the medical facility don't fare well. They go over across the street to a mortuary that 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 goes similarly badly. It's just a a really fun piece that kind of was a foundational thing for zombie movies as we know them. If you want to talk a little more about that, oh, that also concludes the summary. By the way, we're I guess. It's kind of a movie everyone has seen or should have seen, but we can also be spoiler light about it at this point. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. This was a movie by Dan O'Bannon. And oh God, I got to get a refresher. Maybe I should have done a refresher. But, uh, you should Dan, have a ginger ale like I do right now. I have Jägermeister. That's the only thing I have right now. This movie was directed by Dan O'Bannon. He wanted to do a different type of horror movie. Dan O'Bannon also known for doing um, uh, Alien. That's another one of his more popular, like, directorial roles. It was also written by um, John A. Russo, I believe, who was another writer of George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And apparently this movie is based on a book in name oh. only. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, I, I didn't... He was... I, I literally did not know he was the writer for Alien. That's a pretty big uh, feather to put in your cap. Jeez. Yes. I'm just looking at some other ones. Heavy Metal. Oh, fuck yeah. I love Heavy Metal. Life Force. Total... Re oh, yeah, this this guy, he's he's got some good stuff in here. 
Yeah, he he wanted to do a directed a different type of horror movie, and he wanted to like do something different with the zombie genre. And we got was Return of the Living Dead, which in my mind is my favorite zombie movie. At first, when I first saw this movie, when I was about fifteen years old, I did not like it because it strayed way too far from the zombie zombie genre. And now it's I kind of embraced it for being so different. It's it's probably one of his um, best movies, in my opinion. Well, it feels like something where when it was new, it was straying from the zombie genre. But basically, it has since become the zombie genre, like in terms of the way it portrayed the the struggle with the survivors um, and the fact that it was able to blend in comedy. Like you still see plenty of comedy in zombie movies. And this definitely had a, a, a role in bringing that to the fore. Um Great practical effects, too. I, I like... Well, it it was kind of like Chud. Oh, so this is going to be digressing a little bit. We recorded an episode on Chud. We're kind of semi-rebooting here just because we're working on the format. But this, Chud had some really good like close-up practical costumes, and it also had a lot of people wearing rags. So this one had kind of a similar thing going on. You had like the mass zombies, which are just people in makeup. But you had a few really outstanding zombie props, like a torso... Um, Tarman, Tarman, right? That's the Tarman. Tar Alan, Tr yes, gooey one. Uh, Tarman, um, uh, Alan Troutman. I think that was the puppeteer slash guy that was in the costume. He, um, when he was given like his role, he was told like walk, like he was falling apart constantly. And you can tell when you watch this movie that like he just he puts a lot. He's barely on screen, but he puts a lot of effort into that one character, and I just. I just love it when he's on screen. It's a really nice twist on the zombie. So instead of just being a corpse, there's some background because Tarman came out of one of the one of the uh, uh, containers that was in the basement of the facility. So he's like been sealed in there and getting all goopy and stuff. So that's it's neat that they don't just say, "Oh, it's a zombie." You know how those work, but they they actually jump in and and make him. Uh, more interesting in that way. Okay, so slight interruption. Uh, I, I had started a second recording, and Gamerin is just pointing out a call that Return of the Living Dead Part 2, which is actually the sequel. How many sequels did this get, by the way? Was this a big series? We got the second one, which is more... The second one is like Goosebumps. It is literally like a Goosebumps episode that stretched out to 90 minutes. By Goosebumps, you mean like rated PG or like... This movie, if it wasn't for a certain like like um scenes this move the return of living dead part two is so like just how do i put this it's not violent enough as compared to the first one it is with maybe a few scenes if you could like edit out a few scenes in that movie that movie mo uh, would have been rated pg because okay. that movie was t targeted to orange children for some reason despite being rated r like a robocop situation almost oh this was this was a big hit let's let's make it for everyone bring them all in or it, it was weird. Like, there was a lot of marketing towards, like, younger kids, despite the fact that it was Radar. Um, part three is um, was actually directed by, um, uh, what's his name? Dang it, I can't remember. He did Society, which we'll talk about one day, but not now because I don't have the stomach for it. Um, part three is actually, like, a Romeo and Juliet situation. It's huh. it's probably one of the better sequels. And then part four and part five were um, straight to um, – sci-fi dvd um dumpster trash fires oh someone someone got the name and decided to make money basically right so basically somehow this weird company like somehow was able to 
have the rights to the Return of the Living Dead name. So back to the recording. What we were saying earlier. Oh God, this is going to be hell to edit. It's okay. It's okay. Just a little digression. We were talking about the look and feel of the film. Oh, we said it looks good. A lot of kind of mid-distance camera shots. Likes to slowly track without really turning much. Um, there's some scenes in the in the funeral home where they do that, where they like follow them down a hallway or something, or just kind of slowly pan out. The camera the camera stays pretty still for a lot of scenes. Um, it gets more in your face when you've got like something gory going on, but. For the most part, it's it's kind of it's kind of off there, detached. Like it, everything stays in frame that needs to be, but the camera's not overly frenetic. Um, I'm sure. God, have they remade this? Don't tell me they remade this one. Not this one. <laughs> they have not. Re- no, they have not remade Return of the Living Dead, which is oh, thank great, Christ. This is, a, this is a movie that does not need to be remade. I don't know how, why would you would make this movie. It's it timeless. feels very much like a period a, a, a period piece in retrospect, and I'm just afraid that if they remade it, it would just be like. A hundred percent shitty, shaky cam. Like, oh my god! Can you just picture it? It, it would look like The Walking Dead. It would. That's, it would look a... like shit. Oh my god! <laughs> Zack Snyder's Return of Living Dead. Oh, you just have the camera like five feet away from someone over their shoulder, and like a third of their body is in a bottom quarter of the frame, and it's just jiggling around, and you kind of see a blur that might have been a zombie at some point. No, but, this one keeps it all pretty well framed. Like there are some bigger crowd shots, and they they also do a good job of giving you a sense of scale in those because they have a lot of a- yeah. uh, extras doing those, like just the big zombie horde things. Ooh, fun fact for the extra. Um, it turns out, like I'm going to pause for here. Uh, Dan O'Bannon gave a pay raise to any of the extras that actually ate calf brains, and before he's saying, "Well, that's gross." Uh, since Dan O'Bannon would never do anything that he wouldn't do, for example, he would actually he actually sat in front of the um, extras and ate an entire calf brain. So did to he himself like? Are, are we talking about people who ate calf brains when they were supposed to be eating brains as a zombie, or just like yes. do this and I'll give you? Okay, okay. I thought it was just like a hazing, like okay. just do this and I'll give you some money. It's like uh, I don't know about no, that, Dan. But no, 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 no. He was like, yeah, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. We'll give you a substitute, whatever. But like, if you, if you're, if you, if you're hardcore enough, and if you can eat these, like you know, calf brains that are like painted or whatever. Well, it's physically that's like the prop it. they were using to stand in for the brains and brain eating scenes, I assume, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's I, I I like it. This is this is the time before you could just put plop some After Effects brains in there and, and just have have people do that. Um, yeah, that I I guess we've kind of covered look and feel. Like so, great soundtrack, uh, pretty well shot. There's some interesting bits of cinematography in there. There's a couple of rough edges here and there, but uh, look and feel all around fantastic. It it feels so eighties, dude. The punks, the punks in their punk costumes. Uh, you've got oh, the the God. kind of alpha punk suicide who's got a, a, a like a link chain going from his earring to his nose ring, and that is so good. I love Scuzz. That is my favorite punk, and I was sad when he died. And the even the uh, actor. Spoilers? Who no, it's okay. Just assume everyone dies. It's a horror movie. Um, <laughs> everyone dies. It's a horror movie. That's. That's the safest thing to say. But Yeah, um, the punks have such good names, too. You texted me to them, like, we watched at the, Synced at the same time. You texted me the list of punk names, and I just got to read these back because they're so good. Okay, punk order. 
Skinhead looking one is suicide. The Mohawk is scuzz. The pink hair girl is trash. The black guy is spider. The innocent girl is Tina. The party girl is Kathy. And I can't remember the nerd. And that's that's Chuck, by the way. That's Chuck. That, that, that was Chuck. And, I, and correction, it was not Kathy. It's Casey. My Casey, bad. Okay, close, you're, close enough. You're fine. And then, yeah, you do have trash who spends... I would say over half the movie naked, roughly, or or half naked. Like that's Leanna quickly playing trash. Yes, she's she is naked for about eighty five percent of this movie, just like how she was in almost all of her roles in this time. Because yeah, I did some light googling, and like she's she is one of the classic scream queens, I guess. Like she was in a lot yes. of low to mid budget horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. And now she's, she's been in some like fan. retrospective stuff looking back at that too, which is, you know, pretty, pretty meta, but yeah, she's always fun to find at conventions. Yeah, she was, she was good. Like she, she was convincingly acted, not just like she was the perfect goth. Like you ever think about dying? How the best way to die would be? It's so good. <laughs> my oh favorite my God. line in that movie is when they pull up to the building and it's like, this, it's like this place is spooky or whatever. I like it. It's a statement. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the punks are fun. Like there's some. The characters are kind of divided into blocks in this one. So you have the punks, you have Freddy and the warehouse, his boss and his boss's boss, and uh, the the Undertaker um, mortician guy. Uh, uh, was that what's her, his name? I'm, okay, then. It's a Burton uh, Ernie pair, isn't it? Is it? What, yeah, it's Burton Ernie, and uh, let's see, Burton Ernie, and then the uh, for uh, just for fun that the um, the ambulance uh, guys are uh, Tom and Jerry. So yeah, that's a little fun thing they did. I think you can just throw that in there. Like I read a fantasy novel recently where they just randomly named two characters in the middle of a riot, Mason and Dixon. It's like, yep, those are two names that are paired in some way. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> no, no. Those are two characters with two names. <laughs> No, apparently, according to the director's commentary, like the guys were like, "Well, they're Burton Ernie. What should we be? Oh, Tom and Jerry. That's oh, okay. That's they they did it themselves. That's okay. I like that better then instead yeah. of just one director or writer being clever about it. That's that's fine. Um, okay. Um, it was Ernie. Ernie Coddenberg was the uh, mortician guy who may or may not be a Nazi if you watch this movie. You hear some you hear some vaguely like operatic music through his classic uh, Walkman headphones. Briefly, uh, you hear him make an oblique reference to how it's raining. He just what did he say? Like he he just it's raining. Like instead of cats and dogs, he just like said something in German, and he's got like this also, fucking pearl handled Mauser, which is his, is it a Mauser or maybe it's, it's a, a no, it's a Ruger. I think it's I think it's a P thirty eight. I just yeah yeah. He's got this pearl handled Germanic looking pistol, and <laughs> he's implied to maybe be maybe have some some sorted past. We don't they don't actually get into it. I think uh, the modern version would probably push on that because you kind of <laughs> you kind of can't ignore it or just have it be a little Easter egg in in the present day. I think if there but, was a remake, they would somehow connect him to like the gas that they use in this movie for some stupid reason. Like, yeah, probably. Like, you, you can't just have it be stupid. It, I, I don't know. It, it's just best not to think about the remake because yeah. I'm sure whoever would do it would do a terrible job. So, yeah. <laughs> just just ignores the entire point of what this movie was trying to do. It was just punk rock zombies, man. And... Well, it's not just a silly, violent zombie movie, because that's the other thing I really appreciated about it, is that it it knew when to make things wacky, 
But there's also some moments that get general, genuinely terrifying. Like we've got a guy who's turning into a zombie while alive and and taunting people while he's kind of semi semi lucid, semi zombified. Like that's that's got some weight to it. Like that that's yeah. uh so it it doesn't just have fun. It it knows when to actually push on the horror a little bit too, and I think it it balances it really beautifully. Also, like I like the fact that the zombies aren't just like mindless drones; they can think. A lot of like yeah. zombie, mo- zombie like, movies, like go ahead. Sorry. All zombie movies today, like they're just mindless hordes. But in this, like they're actually smart. They can talk. They can think. One of my favorite lines in the movie is "Send more paramedics." Or is or oh god. Yeah, that's that's the fun part of this one. Like they give the zombies an angle is that they eat brains because it it relieves the pain of being dead, which is apparently much greater than pain of being alive, which I have a hard time <laughs> believing, but somehow it hurts more to be dead. And and when they eat when they eat brains, they become somewhat more composed. And we kind of learn this through some exposition in the middle of the movie, but you see it demonstrated before it's actually spelled out. Um, so they, they eat the paramedics brains and then just use the radio to, to order more paramedics ordering takeout. Um, yes. Yeah, I guess the, so we've talked about, we hit all the key points. So summary, uh, look and feel production process. You kind of touched upon that. It was supposed to be a bit of a different zombie movie. Um, give them a little bit more rationale without being like too much of a nerd about it like it doesn't dwell completely on the zombies like it it gives them some rules and some function but it doesn't just like nerd out about exactly how zombies work so that that can be the movie like it, yeah, they've got uh, some more uh, structure to them but it's not just all about that or anything yeah it's it's one of those it's a it's a different like it's a different type of zombie movie like um like up until this point i'm going to say it again Originally, like, the first zombie, like, Night Living Dead, like, oh, the only way to kill the zombies is if you, like, separate the head from the body or you shoot them in the head yep. or from whatever. But in this one, the gas that they use... Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. <laughs> they just brings them and, to, to, to alive, to very dead alive, you know? Like, they're... And, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty animated in every possible way. Um, and, like, some of the stuff with... They... I'd say it's for for a zombie movie it is pretty light on social commentary like there's there's a lot of zombie movies that are trying very hard to make a point this one is more like you go to work you like brush something off at 8:30 in the morning and then you get like an angry phone call at 1:30 and you're like oh shit like <laughs> that's the commentary this movie has like it it starts because the military lost track of the remnants of a zombie outbreak and it just winds up in a warehouse and then a similar series of mistakes and bad decisions just spiral out of control from there. Like that's, that's the message of this movie is please answer that email thoroughly and don't, don't expect someone else to do it. Uh, it's like this movie could have been solved if they just caught the military right away, but no. Well, it's like, you don't, you don't want to make a big deal of it. So you don't want to get too deep into things, but no, no, just, just call the appropriate people when something looks like it's going to be trouble. Just, <laughs> Don't put it off. Don't. <laughs> if if there's someone listening to a podcast, and for a fact this movie is based off of a true story, and God hope not, if you for some reason are working at some sort of medical warehouse or a military base, or you find some can in the middle of the road that says, if report here, please call the United States military, please report it back. Don't yeah, open just, it. Don't. Just uh, the, the trioxin 245, uh, 245 trioxin, don't. 
Don't fuck with it. Just <laughs> don't don't comedically slap the container and have it spray out with perfect perfect comic timing. That's that's not what you want. Doesn't no, end well it, for anybody. It does not end well for us. It does not wear for um, the American people. It's it would be very bad. It does not it, end well for the fine city of Louisville where this movie takes place, which is right by you. Yes, it's not Sean Louisville. It's only it only takes place on Louisville, which makes me sad. But they did ha- use um, the police and um, uh, paramedic uniforms. Do use the same that they the, the, from the prop departments. They actually did get um, the uniforms from the Metro, the Louisville Metro Police Department, and some paramedic uniforms. There is like one city make. shot at the end. Is that actual Louisville, or is that just like a, a city? No, and they just okay. That, yeah, it's just that, some that city. Is a city, just, but it kind of looks like downtown Louisville. So it's like they got some good idea. They got about the right number of big buildings. <laughs> that's good enough. Just call it. Call it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, like the uh, they they don't really dwell on, on location because you don't even find out until later on. Like they don't definitively spell it out until the end. No one says where it takes place, and you there's just visual references to it before that. Um, yeah, like you would have to like basically be like pause in the movie and just look at a sign or a patch. It doesn't draw on that. It just it only draws it out on the little end of the movie. Spoilers. But it's still an enjoyable reason to, to to contribute to it being one of your favorites taking place. You know, right right next to home, right? Yeah. It, it also could just show maybe it's like, oh, this place could happen. To, this this thing could happen anywhere. A zombie outbreak can happen anywhere. It can happen in Wisconsin or or Louisville. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 flexible like that. Um, the other, I guess I I didn't really have too much more to say about it. I like how abruptly it ends because it kind of does get a lot of plot threads going. And again, not to spoil, it just the movie just ends really quickly, and then it does give itself a sequel hook with some repeated footage. But it's a very svelte hour and twenty some minutes if you don't count credits. So it, it's it's very quickly paced. It doesn't draw anything out. There's probably no wasted time in this movie. I would say like, no wasted. It, it, it gets to the point. It's like it starts off kind of slow, and then just like after the first like you know when they hit the gas, literally when they hit the gas. Yep. The movie just the movie just goes full pace and does not stop. And it's it's a great movie. And if you've never seen Return of the Living Dead. I recommend it. It's, yeah, it's it's, good... it's available everywhere. Uh, there's newer. I was just looking at the releases. Uh, what I watched was the newer Blu-ray release, which has there were some changes to the music in some of the releases because of like licensing things with the bands. They did get it back together for for the 2012 and later Blu-ray versions. So look for those. Try to try to get the original cut and have the original experience. But I yeah, that movie the... ruled. It was fantastic. The... Yeah, uh, Shot Factory, also known as Scream Factory, do have a really good. This is what the version I watched. It has a reversible cover of like some newer art and the classic art that was actually done by Matt Groening. Really? Like if you yes, Matt Groening did the original. You can call um, him. You can only call him Groening for this because it's zombies. It's graining, but now he's groaning. He's he's groaning here. (laughs) He's groaning here because he made one of my favorite movie posters. Can I have your autograph, Mister Groening? Yeah, yeah I guess the only the only thing we had left is um, the, the bad part, which is saying, could you remake this? That, that's that's our that's our kind of sit and be introspective for a minute before you before you uh, figure this out. Uh, we've we've talked this before. It it would be bad. I think this would get remade really poorly unless you got exactly the right person to do this. 
who would exactly be the right person to do this? Well, you mentioned Shaun of the Dead, so I was starting to think, you know, like, I Ed, think they... Yeah. Edgar Wright, I would like to see him do a Return of the Living Dead. I mean, he's well, made Shaun of the Dead. It's already, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it might feel a little bit too close to Shaun of the Dead, but, like, his his sense of humor and the way he would shoot things, I think he's the only, like, one of the only modern names that just came to mind right away, who it's like, yeah, that person would not fuck it up, basically. <laughs> Someone gets the point, and, like... I can only imagine someone else like taking this movie. Well, like Return of the Living Dead is all about like zombies eating brains. So let's let's make this movie ninety minutes of just violence. And yeah, that's the thing. Like the this is a movie where a remake would be very easily prone to upsetting the balance because this is like a perfectly balanced machine of comedy and horror. It knows yeah. when each one is important. I think a remake would probably go over the edge in one direction or the other. I'd be very surprised if someone you know, remade this movie and kept it at about the right tone through most of it. Cause like you said, they could either just go super gory with it and like have, Oh, that they, they played some punk rock that one time, just a little bit on a radio or something. And that's, that's it as far as the comedy goes, or someone would just make this like overly completely silly. Like it's, it's tongue in cheek, but it, it also does get pretty frightening at some points. And someone would just forget about that and make it the wacky punk rock zombie movie. Which I would not mind. I would like. I, there's probably a punk rock zombie movie. It should be a different movie, but yes, I, I mean that could be more enjoyable in its own right. I think like an overly gory version of this would probably just be like, uh, it's all dingy and people keep dying and it's mad at me. The movie's mad at me. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that version too much. But I would not like that version. This this movie is a fun hour twenty nine twenty eight minutes of. Let's see. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want to see you don't want to see Rob Zombie's Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> well, just no everyone's... shit. He could he on a if the stars aligned, he could actually do a pretty good version of this. I think about it. It'd be well, more psychedelic. Are... It'd be more psychedelic than punk, but <laughs> it maybe. Like I said, I don't hate Rob Zombie's work in previous statements from on aired episodes of this podcast, but he could he could probably make something work if you get. If you know, like, if the stars align, he could probably make a remake of this that's actually pretty well if it wasn't. I wonder if it's it's a thing where, like, you get it to be directed by Rob Zombie and written by completely other people. (laughs) Kind of like, um, I was saying, like, The Black Klansman is, uh, directed by Spike Lee, but it is not a Spike Lee joint in that Spike Lee did everything and has complete creative control because he gets pretty indulgent, but you still get his flair and you still get his style and it works super well with the script, you know, like I could see, I could see some of Rob Zombie's weirdness somehow working with this if you got him to direct only and have completely different people write it. I could see that working, maybe. I could see that working too. Yeah, like you'd, you'd have a, so right. Like, there's some scenes in this that have a punk rock song playing while stuff is happening. They're not super long. Like, they're maybe a minute max. I think in our theoretical Rob Zombie version, there would be one that is a full a full song length. And it would have just, like, crazy shots the entire time. And it would get really gory. And I think that'd be good. Yeah. So, I think, is that all we have to say for uh, Dan O'Bannon's Return of the Living Dead? Yeah, yeah, Return of the Living Dead, absolutely fantastic. Uh, several, several brains out of several. Um, maximum number of brains. I give this movie ten tri. Uh, what is it? Busted trioxin cans out of ten. 
Yep. Which is yep. bad. Which is which is good, but also bad because they're busted. Which means the zombie gas is everywhere, and don't breathe it in. Uh, don't breathe it in. Don't breathe it in, dear audience. This has been the Chudcast. Uh, our intro music is by Rebel Bass. Uh, you should check them out on Facebook. Uh, this specific song, it's off the album Lords of Venus. It is the opening track of that one, War is Coming. Uh, anyway, uh, it's been a fun time. I'm Rain. You can find me on Twitter at BroRain, B-R-O-R-A-Y-N. Gamerine is on Twitter at Gamerine. And we are Chudcast at Chudcast, capital Chud, lowercase cast. Get it right. Anyway, have a good night, everybody. Do you want to party? Because I am. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>